You're listening to Cortez Community Radio, CKTZ 89.5 FM. I'm Dee Clark, and this is Cortez Currents, which you can also access in text form at cortezcurrents.ca. And today we continue the exit interview series in which we look back on Noba Anderson's 14 years of service as our regional director. This is part three, and we're going to talk a bit about how the regional district system works and how well it works for us on Cortez, or perhaps sometimes doesn't. To recap, as our regional director, you've been sitting on a board with 13 other people that meet in Campbell River. So the Strathcona Regional District encompasses the municipalities of Sayward, Tassus, Sabalas, Gold River, Campbell River, and then the rural areas that span from Butte and Toba all the way over to the west coast, Cayucat, Gold River, up north of the Sayward Valley and down to the Oyster River to the south. So I sit with now 14 members. It has been 13 until recently the elected member of the Cayucat Chequisset Nation has joined our board. But the majority of the past 14 years, it's been a 13-member board, four of which are rural and the remaining urban municipal. A municipal like uh, Campbell River, Oyster River? There are five reps, I believe, from Campbell River, and then one rep each from Gold River, Sayward, Tassus, Zabalas. Okay. Um, Now, as I understand it, there are some issues on which the four rural representatives vote, and the rest of the board is, is not involved in those decisions? Correct. So originally... The first number of years under the administration prior to David Leach, we voted on things as a rural electoral area committee, almost entirely that had to do with just land use planning. So it is only the four rural areas that vote on rural land use planning matters. So official community plans, zoning bylaws, zoning amendments, those kinds of things. And with the current administration, there was a a change of policy that meant that pretty much anything that is rural in nature first goes to the electoral area committee, but then gets voted on by the full board. So the the rural area committee is only a recommending committee. It's not a decision-making body. So the, the rural matters go there first. And then when we, those matters then go to board, on the land use planning issues, it is only the four rural members that vote on them at the board. But pretty much the rest of the matters get voted on by the full board of now 14. Right. Um, I have to admit it's always seemed a little odd to me in a way that issues that are very local to Cortez, some of those issues nevertheless go to SRD for resolution and they get voted on by 14 people, most of whom have never been there, have never set foot on the island. Absolutely. Most of the people on the board have never been to Cortez, never will, and vice versa. I don't know anything about their respective communities. And so even if everyone at the table, both staff and elected, are excellent, progressive, creative, open-minded people, you have a structure where we don't know each other. And so I advocated for years that we put money aside in our budget to actually travel collectively as a board to our respective communities as Islands Trust does. 
every quarter they hold a meeting on another island and bill it out with the community and have like a three-day meeting where they hold space for community to come and speak with them about what matters and they do tours to different sites that are relevant sort of to local government on the island and and hold an open public meeting that anybody can come to but that wasn't a, an idea that ever got implemented by the board at one point we agreed to do it but then it, we, it didn't happen well i mean when the board is discussing issues of regional import it makes perfect sense but if a matter is purely local it's just always seemed a little odd to me that we get one representative and that one representative can be outvoted by the other three rural areas, let alone outvoted by the 14-member board at large, even if there were support for an issue on Cortez and even if it really didn't affect anyone else. And it seems strange that if an issue is very local, that such a remote board could have um, so much decision-making power. And it's interesting. I've certainly spoken at length with some other rural directors in in other regions. And it seems like the system works best when there is a, a large amount of respect and professional deference between the, the rural elected reps, where they believe that the rep for that area truly knows their area and has the best interest for the area at heart and is an honest, good person. And then the others, you know, more or less go along and support that representative. Now, it breaks down when that trust and respect gets undermined, or when you don't think that that person is acting in the best interest of their community, or is particularly competent or making good decisions, and you feel like you need to override that. So it's, it's a very, very tricky situation. and, And very often, other members of the board feel very uncomfortable about voting, say, on grant and aid, for instance. They just don't know a thing about the various nonprofits and the projects that they're doing here and would rather have nothing to do with it, but must vote. And so we, in, in those instances, we rely heavily on staff for their, their professional recommendation about what to do. Staff's recommendation goes a long, long, long way to influencing the vote of the board. Is our regional district exceptionally large in scope? I mean, geographically? No. Or is it kind of average? It varies hugely from, you know, the capital regional district is very geographically small, has a whole lot of people in it, to I think the northwest quarter of BC is a regional district because there's, you know, so few people there. The Strathcona regional district is the most heavily weighted district to the city of Campbell River of anywhere in the province. So there's more votes that the that that one city holds than any other regional district. So I think perhaps where there is more commonality of geography and, and politics and 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 access and terrain, it, it would work better. We have an incredibly disparate regional district between the West Coast and the islands and the city. And however, it was built to be the service delivery agent outside of municipal boundaries. So if you need street lights or sewer or water or these kinds of basic municipal infrastructure services, it was really built to deliver that. And so every time we want to provide a new service to a community, 
the community needs to want that service and they want they need to want to pay those taxes and have the regional district provide that service so if a neighborhood wants street lights they will get together and petition the regional district and if more than 50% of those residents who represent more than 50% of the value of that neighborhood want the service then the district can tax them for it and offer that service so it's it's very the legislation links the the district's ability to act on behalf of the people to the people's willingness for the district to do that on their behalf. Whereas a municipality taxes generally into a municipal pot and then spends that funds in whatever way they think best serves their community. So when we went through the process of, of getting a hall tax here on Cortez, it was the same idea. The community needs to want to be taxed and want the regional district to use that taxation for that particular purpose. And so it's this, I would say, relatively archaic system that was designed around municipal infrastructure services and that isn't nimble and creative and responsive and imaginative to deal with the complexity of the times that we're in, regardless of you know the will of the people involved. Looking back over your 14 years service, on average, how well would you say the regional district system is working? for us on Cortez? Well, I think the very best thing that the regional district does, and I I don't mean to be unkind to it, but is to do exactly what it was set up to do, and that's to collect taxes from people who want a particular service and implement that specific service on the ground. So for instance, they collect taxes for the fire department, transfer those funds largely to the Cortez Fire Department, who then provides fire service for us. Now, the regional district owns the, the many of the fire trucks and holds the insurance, and so there's, there's a collaboration, but it's around a very specific concrete thing. Similarly, with, with garbage, the regional district taxes us and gives us garbage collection. So equally, the community hall service, they tax on your tax bill, they give those funds to the community hall to do cooperations. So those those really specific situations where you tax and then offer those funds for the delivery of a service, I think works really well. The places I think where it fails us is is twofold. The, the first is the situations where the regional district staff actually need to be the ones to do the bulk of the work. So take planning, for instance, and this isn't maligning staff individually. They're great people. They do their very best, but we have consistently under-resourced them, understaffed them, been perhaps inconsistent in priorities. I don't, I don't know the details of what it's all has happened, but the review of our, our official community plan and the review of our zoning bylaw depends on staff's time to get to it. And for a whole myriad of reasons, that just hasn't happened. And we haven't been willing to hire external contractors because often that actually doesn't work better. And although I've advocated, we also haven't been willing to give those funds to sort of a local organization to to do that update on behalf of the regional district because it's been deemed that you know we're not prof- professional planners and so don't know that language in the government act and you know wouldn't do it appropriately or it's just not not the best practice so those kinds of places where the regional district holds a really important function and just can't get around to delivering on it but can't empower anybody else to do it in the absence of its ability to do it is a real disservice 
as in, for example, our zoning bylaw that's now, what, 20 years out of date? Well, I mean, the zoning bylaw is, is the glaring elephant in the room. I, it was my understanding that we would update the zoning bylaw immediately upon the completion of the official community plan, and I had some illusion that we would finish that within the first part of my second term, you know, whatever, 12, 11, 9 years ago. And it still is out of date, and it's decades out of date, and all of the long-range planning documents in the regional district are literally decades out of date. And so we we do a disservice by having rules that no longer represent the will of a community. We we don't have anything on cannabis. It's technically not legal to grow, you know, cannabis here because we haven't updated our bylaws. Our complete failure on on the tiny house affordable housing side of things. The second way that I think it fails us is in the more nimble creative space that these times call us to respond to. So the climate crisis, the housing crisis, the the desperate need for alternative transportation, that we can't really do anything on behalf of the community unless the community wants to pay taxes and enable and empower us to do it on their behalf. And who wants to pay taxes so the regional district can create a housing strategy? Or who wants to allow us to tax to create some kind of climate plan and who would believe that we were the best body to be able to implement that so it's it's just this very cumbersome system to respond to the the more complex problems that we're now facing i think those are the two the ways that it it doesn't serve us well and then just inherently that the people making the decisions don't know the communities that they're making decisions in and don't live with the consequences of those decisions. Well, that was part three of our exit interview with Nova Anderson, who's stepping down this year from her job as our regional director. This series is airing weekdays at 3 p.m., and next time in part four, we'll talk about some other models of local governance, alternatives, perhaps, to the regional district system. Just a reminder... The views and opinions heard on this program are not endorsed by Cortez Community Radio, its board, its staff, its membership, or any granting agency, but are those of the writer, producer, and guests. And, as always, thanks for listening.